Let me tell you something. What the hell is going on here? You listen to me. Welcome to Cocktail Cinema, folks. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Price. And I'm here during Black History Month with my best friends, Grego. Oh, that's nice of you. Fazban here. Glad to be here in this cold, blistery February day. We're inside, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. We couldn't, Big Buddy couldn't handle the cold, so we brought it in. It's like <laughs> negative 30 out here. We're inside like civilized people. And to his right, we got Shasti. <laughs> pleasure, pleasure. Today's topic is possibly one of the best films ever made. Uh, definitely the film that Sidney Poitier is most well known for. Uh, guess who's coming to dinner? Now, as always, before we get to the meat of the issue, we got to have ourselves a drink. So, Ooh. we got ourselves a white wine and a red wine today. The white wine is the Sea Glass Pinot Grigio. Um, you can find this uh, pretty much anywhere uh, at a very reasonable price. Um, I think this bottle cost me about like nine bucks. Solid. Um, yeah, as far as the Pinot Grigio goes, it's it's pretty standard. Um, it's a real uh, clean white wine, a uh, little bit sweet, a little bit tart. Uh, there we go. Six ounces. around. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Mm. All right. That's a hefty glass. It's, it's harder to, to cheers over here. How's the nose, Grego? The nose feel. Lemony. Yeah, Lemony very, very tart, yeah. Mm, clean. Kind of soapy smell. Soapy? Yeah. I'm not a big white wine guy. You know I mean? <laughs> I'm not either, but as but, far as white wines go, like this is a this pretty standard Pinot Grigio. Yeah. So if you're getting an introduction into into white wines, this is a good place to start. Yeah. It's a white wine. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, for for the price point, it's not it's not bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, for white wines, I actually prefer like uh, Gewurztraminer. Have you ever heard of that style? No. It's a German white wine. It kind of drinks like a red. It's very it's a little bit more viscous. Okay. Uh, but like, still has that sweetness. Hmm. Gewurztraminer. Check Wait, them out. Wait, usually style. like a like a Riesling bottle. No, like the tall. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think I, mean, I may have seen a couple of these. Yeah, there, there's only a few, and not a lot of people know of that style. Like, mm-hmm. it's a, obviously it's fucking German as hell, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But it's good. It, it's like I said, a little more viscous. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's why I dislike white wines is because it's too, too thin. watered down, too yeah. thin. Yeah, they do. No... They do have a thin feel. So, um, pardon me, wine's already getting to. I know. Um, I hiccups. Like white wines, they're they're always good to pair with like fish and chicken, mm-hmm. just because they are light like that. Um, they're not typically a sipping drink unless you go sweeter or sparkling. Yeah, no, so this is, most, this is something most, you'd probably pair with dinner. Oh yeah. I mean, most women that drink white wine drink bottles of white wine. It's like a pair <laughs> with dinner and, but, a, yeah. and a good movie. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, right. right. Good movie. The reds, they stick to a couple glasses, but the whites, they burn. They burn. <sighs> yeah. All right. So now that we have our first glass, uh, we'll be breaking into the red later. I'll have a little bit more to say about that one uh, when we get to it. Cause I'm very excited about it. But yeah, Sea uh, Glass Pinot Grigio, very affordable, very drinkable. Um, let's get into the meat and potatoes before we get to the meat and potatoes. Uh, guess who's coming to chicken. dinner? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> guess who's coming to dinner came out in 1967. It was directed by Stanley Kramer. Now, Stanley Kramer was known for uh, addressing big social issues in his movies, so this is pretty run-of-the-mill for him. Um, it had a $4 million budget. And it made $56.7 million in box office. So a smash hit. Yeah. I'm wow. I'm I'm surprised the the budget was that large for sixty seven time. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. a, that's big stuff there. Um and so the reason we're doing this movie is uh this is the if not the first, the most notable uh moments of a an interracial couple, like a black man and a white woman. And it is definitely the first time where the concept of them getting married was put on, on film. Um, so it's, it's a big historical moment for both our culture and for film. And on top of that, it's got just some bangers as far as the cast goes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, let's dive in. Um, like Josh was saying, Sydney Poitier, Poitier, I mean, Poitier, Poitier. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dr. John 
Dr. Job Prentice. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a newfound love for this guy. I'm going to be watching a lot of his movies after this one. He's a great actor. Absolutely. Um, Spencer Tracy as Matt Drayton. Um, that's her father. Catherine Hepburn as Christina Drayton. Oh. <laughs> as her mother. Um, Catherine Houghton as Joey Drayton. Uh, mm-hmm. Or Joanne. Joanna. Um, Bia... B, I'm sorry, B. Richards as Mrs. Prentice, John's mother, and Roy Glenn as Mr. Prentice, his mm-hmm. father. Isabel Sanford as Tilly. She's kind of the uh, the uh, member of the house, you know, mm-hmm. another colored woman. Um, they call her part of the family. Mm-hmm. She is displeased throughout this movie, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. And uh, Cecil Calloway. My favorite part of this movie is uh, Monsign- Monsign- Monsignor, Monsignor Ryan. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's classic in this one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so diving into our speed summary, this is going to be a real easy one to, uh, to tackle. Um, in 1967, a black man played by Sidney Poitier and a white woman uh, played by Catherine Hepburn's uh, niece come to her parents' house and let them know that they are getting married. And then they fly his parents up from Los Angeles and... 40 years later, the hilarity ensued. But anyway, in this movie, it was a very <laughs> it serious 40 affair. minutes. <laughs> so like I said, real quick, yeah, they uh, they did remake this movie as a comedy in the aughts, somewhere in like 07, 08, something like that, mm. um, with, I believe, Cedric the Entertainer as the father, and um, that you say Ashton that. Kutcher as Sidney Poitier's character, naturally. Because when I think Sidney Poitier, I think Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> So yeah. Well, I don't. This is this is not a comedy. <laughs> no. However, um, there's there's a few really good jokes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'd like to start there just because I think this is a very straightforward film, but the dialogue kind of makes it. And it's, in my opinion, the dialogue is is very indicative of the time, but also somewhat ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. And what I mean very by that straightforward. is in the in the fifties and sixties, we were still kind of figuring out what belongs in a movie. So we we weren't quite sure what dialogue needed to look like, what scenes needed to be in a film. We were we were still very much in book and play form. Um our screen or uh yeah, play form. So we would have scenes and moments that that are on screen then that we wouldn't put in movies now, but they did kind of make the movie at times. So like when Sidney Poitier is on the terrace talking to um his future father-in-law, um he he throws out a couple of jokes that that land really well with me, but we wouldn't put them in movies today. And I think that's what kind of sets this movie apart right off the bat. Right off the bat, I mean, there's no, it it, it jumps off. They they show the beginning as a as an aircraft mm-hmm. coming in up a, a plane. That's how it gets started. They land. They get into a taxi. And with with that shitty back screen, you know, mm-hmm. as they they're not leaning with the turns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're not, you know, they're not moving top around. Top of the line shit. The top <laughs> of the line. That's where they spent that four mil. But, um, but, but like within ten seconds of the movie starting, they lay out mm-hmm. the the obvious problem, yeah, which is all the way to the climax of the movie, yeah. the main mm-hmm. talking point, which goes with what you mm-hmm. say, just mm-hmm. like the 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 script, like, yeah. is unreal. Yeah, and mm-hmm. right away in the taxi, it's a uh, doctor, uh, doctor Prentice and Joey, and and they're he's already giving his. His qualms about meeting her white family. Yeah, yeah. you know, as a black yeah. man, he's already putting it down like this is too soon. Mm-hmm. This is this shouldn't be like this. We're, we're giving them twenty minutes to tell our whole li- our whole yeah. ten days, and they know how crazy it is. Well, at least he does a little bit because she's twenty three, and he's thirty seven. I believe. Yeah. Um. So they're he knows, <laughs> you know, she's all for it, you know, and he but he's got his reservations, and I think that's why he came off so strong mm-hmm. to her family. Um. Is because he was almost kind of testing the waters. Testing the waters, and I uh-huh. think that he kind of wanted them to talk him out of it a little bit, or at least just just check him, just check him. I mean, because he's a liberal newspaper mm-hmm. owner, you know, and d- has done a lot for, you know, not just black culture, but um, other other yeah, races. civil rights in general. Exactly, yeah. you know. So, yeah. I thought well, that was I a think jumping off point. It, it gets right yeah. in, right into it, and it doesn't stop. The whole these, movie is great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these jumping off of what you're what you're saying here, these characters are very well fleshed out, and you know, with with John's character, Sidney Poitier. We've got a guy who he's lived his whole life as a black man in America. He knows what he's up against. And then we've got, you know, 23-year-old, you know, Catherine, mm-hmm. um, 
who was was raised by liberal parents and even in the movie they're like she doesn't just not see our color difference as a difference she doesn't see a difference mm. so her lens is very unique and then the parents have to check themselves because they've raised themselves they've, they've they've raised themselves mm. as liberals and they've raised their family to be accepting and and culturally and sensitive equality yeah, yeah. and, and, and the then when Catherine they, Hepburn gets in that right mm-hmm. like at the end of the movie she's like we've 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 created this we, yeah like she is exactly what we've mm-hmm. portrayed ourselves yeah. as you know what we wanted out of a child and now we're gonna turn our back on this kind of thing so yeah yeah it raises this movie has tons of questions tons of answers and mm-hmm. the, the characters because <clears throat> I'm you know the character guy you know <laughs> but I mean I thought they were given so much space to grow yes um, you know yes. they didn't uh, convolute the cast with a whole lot of people mm-hmm. um the camera work was very slow mm-hmm. you know they had their shots and that, yeah. i really like that because it, it got in the face of of, of sydney mm-hmm. um in the face of katherine hepburn mm-hmm. um the dad uh I forgot his name uh spencer spencer tracy spencer tracy um who is like reminds me of the grandpa from up <laughs> like not like the glasses and stuff it's like is that is that <laughs> very whole much so. based on very much so <laughs> but no I, i'd really appreciate this one just because of the amount of growth for every character except for tilly she was always kind of a little bitch but you know she was just looking out for her it's basically her daughter she's well, there for 23 yeah. years i mean we're talking about a, a character that's the only stereotypical character we have in the whole movie mm-hmm. is tilly tilly is the is the help quote unquote mm-hmm. you know she's she's the maid that's you know these are beyond slavery times by quite a yeah. while but it's and still they call yes her part massa. of the family right you know so and it's that's the only social issue they don't address yeah. is is the the presence of the black community as you know laborers mm-hmm. um and they keep telling her to make more fucking food right call the butcher it'll make another, another yeah if that was uh, if that was me going against Catherine hans joey like yeah, whatever you keep it's, it's well how much for... does it cost to get a steak delivered these days like right. let's well, these let's go days. on instacart right now <laughs> maybe that, again we'll talk about the cost of the film <laughs> four million dollars that's what how much it costs I really don't see how they spent that much money on that in this movie. Four million dollars in sixty-seven. I mean, we've got we've got huge names. So Sydney Poitier, we've got Spencer Tracy. It was Columbia, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think it was like a and we've got Catherine Hepburn. But yeah, those are three of the biggest names in Hollywood at the time. That's true. Like even Houghton was like a child star up until Mm -hmm. that point. Like even well, yeah, she's yeah. playing a twenty-two year old. Like I'm, I'm not sure how old she was in this movie, but probably close. She close, had a long yeah. list of of just keep back, just keep back for sure. Well, I mean, these are this is like we said off mic. This is this is California royalty at the yeah. time. Yeah. You know, this is this is cream of the crop, mm-hmm. and I think it. They spent all their money on cast and developing sets, so this movie is filmed like a play. They they utilize yeah. every inch You're totally of right. those rooms. Yeah. There's people moving around the room constantly. They use the set dressing, like you were talking about mm-hmm. uh, earlier, um, using some of the some of the trees and stuff, just to just to give you the audience feels like they're in the room and they give you that ambiance. And they they don't really only show three rooms in the whole movie. I mean, besides the airport scene, you're you're either in the study, the main mm-hmm. sitting area, or the terrace, or, the terrace. or, the, or, or whatever yeah. trailer, or you're in a car, in a, yeah, or a yeah. really awesome taxi with moving windows, but. <laughs> No, so so there wasn't much of a set there. So I guess you're totally right as far as the uh, the allocation of funds go for that. It's got to be just towards the actors. Yeah, I mean, that was Spencer Tracy. He was one of the biggest actors mm-hmm. for the previous three decades. Yeah, yeah. And this is his last oh, movie. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was in, oh, yeah. he was, he was in th- cancer okay. for this movie, and mm-hmm. Columbia wasn't going to sign him on because of the insurance. Right. So oh. that was a huge ordeal, and Spencer's like, like pretty much if I die throughout this movie, he like signed off. Like mm-hmm. not until the the movie's done and it goes That's from cool. from shooting to the edit the mm-hmm. editing. You know what I mean? Then yeah. he's like Shoot. makes that point, then I get my mm-hmm. you know, no money advance, no guarantee. He died what, and like three months after this movie? Two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. Okay. Okay. No way. Yeah, yeah, the fucked up part is Catherine Hepburn is was his lover. Mm-hmm. They were in really? nine movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. And Catherine Hepburn is Catherine Hepburn is. You guys are doing your homework. Cat, Hepburn is Catherine Houghton's aunt too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I knew that part, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't realize. So, that. so I'm wow. saying like like the the Han's wow. got her aunt mm-hmm. on set, who's yeah. and essentially Spencer her uncle. Tracy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Because he's but, been in the family for so and long. You know, she's the kid on the set, and they're right. you know treating her like that, wow. and embarrassing her. But it's like, yeah, Spencer. Yeah, two and a half weeks after this, he he passed. Yeah, and I knew it, was, it was quick. And it was something that like after watching all these interviews, it, it was something that like. 
nobody like comes out and says it, but mm-hmm. it, they all kind of feel like that, like that made him hold on for that much mm-hmm. longer. Like he could only shoot in the morning for yeah, a couple hours, okay. and like the like the last scene at the end of the movie like, would have the, exhausted him. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was crazy. that was they had to do that in so many takes. Um, wow. That one of the one of the main editors was like that was like at that time mm-hmm. you're literally cutting film. Yeah. So he's like, this was the hardest task I had ever mm-hmm. was to edit. His, Holy shit! His, yeah. his conversation with everybody. Well, think about how many cuts are in that scene. Yeah. yeah. So my, I, where mine go, my 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 mind goes is uh, his 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 capability to be so more so much art so articulate and mm-hmm. so. Well, I mean, the, 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 the script, the script is not. Yeah. I don't know, but that's that's what I'm saying. How yeah. do you how do you get off this these 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 conversations these scripts that are? He's got some big parts and mm-hmm. some big. You know, he believed in this emotions. film. Yeah. And yeah. Stanley Kramer's his boy. And he's like, he's like, I want to do, like, think about it. Like, you're a musician. It's your one last solo. That's your last yeah, speech. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm the type of guy who, like, I don't like that part of the movie. Like, the end of the movie, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I call it, you know, the Kevin Costner speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's got a great yeah. voice. I'm just saying, sometimes later. I'm we'll just like, all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could, you know, whatever. How much, yeah. how much time left? But I'm saying this was like his last mm-hmm. hurrah. Yeah. His masterpiece. Dewey Cox masterpiece. That, yeah. No, absolutely you're right. For it's sure, a, it's it's a monologue yeah. that it was it was it, that's how they made movies back then. Was yeah, it, this, yeah. a movie like this would end with a monologue, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they don't drag it out for too long. Um, Morvino, yeah, no, I figured we'd switch one, you know, halfway well, through. I'm still- <laughs> It's okay. okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, st- I'm still. No, we're, we're not Finish chugging point, because yeah. we, we want more, more wine, Josh. <laughs> I thought you were a bartender. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't get to you. You are my refill second it. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I pressed these grapes myself <laughs> with. I appreciate with that, doctor. <laughs> I pressed them with my feet and my toes. That's right. This is my foot wine. Over sea um, glass. Over sea glass. <laughs> um. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. It's all anyway, right. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty talking of talking about. You're talking about the monologues. And, uh, the monologue, at yeah, the time, so that, that was, it, that was that's the a, way they made the movies. Yeah. And this is kind of at the tail end of that, with the exception of movies like Dune and shit, where it kind of calls for a monologue. This yeah. is a, not just a last hurrah for him, but a last hurrah for that style of filmmaking, where it's we're going into a new era with the 70s approaching, you know, where action was about to take over and these thought pieces like this were a dying breed. These are now art films when we make them today because of the 70s. So this being made in 67, this is not only the heyday but also the end of that era. Yeah. And that's another thing that makes this such a hallmark mm-hmm. in film history yeah. is what kind of film it is, what it's talking about and who the fuck is in it. And the time frame it's put out in. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not just this is this isn't just the only issue mm-hmm. during that time, you know. Yeah. But they, they, well they they talk about all this yeah. shit going on, like civil rights, liberalism and conservatism, uh, sexual activity, mm-hmm. which was like the, the sexual, the, the summer of love was what? Uh, 16, uh, it's, was it's one of the two. 67 or um, So the, the sexual awakening, summer yeah. love, um, black culture in culture. So like dancing, music, sports, mm-hmm. they break, they, they call that out for that. sure. It's like, oh no, we are this. Yeah. Like, you guys, you guys portray this. We are that. So what is, uh, <laughs> I forgot what, what says, I was talking about. I think well, it was Watusi. Yeah. yeah. The dance. You do the Watusi. We are yeah, the Watusi. Watusi. Yeah, sure. Uh, the role of parenthood mm-hmm. in a child's life yeah. is addressed on both sides of the line. And especially on that rich parenthood. Cause usually you talk about like these guys are like, you know, they're, the mom's a drunk ass, and the dad's going to play golf. But he goes yeah. to try to play golf, but he cancels his golf shit because he's got some shit going on, which I respect. It well, normally when you when you have parenthood addressed like this, it's in a story like Fences. <laughs> oh God, that movie sucked. Okay, I'm sorry. We're gonna have to talk okay. about that off mic <laughs> later. I think I think Fences has a lot to say. It does it does for sure? Um, okay. I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm yep. partial to a different <laughs> version of the story, but got to give some love to Denzel. Um, Always, but. You normally see it through that. Sydney's the original Denzel. So just since you <laughs> oh, said Denzel, sure. like, he is the. You know that's what first, I, was say I mean. Too. He was the first leading male actor. Yeah, like, you Denzel know. or you know Wesley Snipes. He was Snipes. like the first yeah. leading male black actor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and he, he took a lot of pride out. in that. You yeah, know? he wanted that role. Like he, you know, it, it, it's a shame that he died a little bit before mm-hmm. his time, but he wanted that role because yeah. of that. He played that. Not I wouldn't, I wouldn't say martyr, but he wanted mm-hmm. to be that first. Uh, Christopher Columbus mm-hmm. was a bad reference for America, but anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> just paving the way, you know. Well, and they kind of address it in the movie when he's talking to his dad. He was like, "You see yourself as a black, as a colored man. Yeah. I see myself as a man." Mm-hmm. Well, Sidney Poitier took that same that same mentality to his acting. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a black actor; he was an actor. Mm-hmm. 
and that's it I like shows. that exchange too between him and his dad. I really Bro. like that exchange. Um, <laughs> you know, he he gave his dad a lot of respect, for letting him go on and on mm-hmm. about his thoughts. And he sat there, like you know, he's a learned doctor. He's yeah. been like they give his credentials on the phone, and it's just like big to big to three times. Yeah, and so he's like, you've never given us a reason to, you know, distrust your thought process, all that kind of stuff. And he calls it out, and he's just like, shut up. Even his dad's like, you don't tell me to shut up. I walked thirty thousand miles, yeah. and, he's, and then he goes on to after that. After he's done, after he's finished, he says, "I don't care if you had to walk a hundred million miles or something like that. Um, you owed it to me when you had me as a father. Mm-hmm. You owed me that. I don't owe you a single thing." Yeah, it's you it's know? a gangster move. Yeah. you know what else is a gangster move? Snoop Dogg teamed up with Nineteen Crimes. Dang, and he made crimes? a a California which camera I'm on. <laughs> camera a, one, camera two, camera one. Camera 19 two. crimes for a red blend. Oh, 19 crimes is the one that the the faces talk. If you yeah. do the XR, yeah. So if you if you take a picture of this, I I think it's just, just taking a picture, but it might be a code. QR code thing. I think it's. I think it's um, like, but the the faces will talk about you know their life or their crime or whatever. Nah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> can you slide that? For oh, of course I can. There. Yeah. So, <laughs> more nice little nice little <laughs> red wine blend. Y'all know I'm partial to my red wines. Yeah, same z's. Um, this is a good one. This is a good one. Um, pause go, for get your moment in the, in the sun. Okay. Hmm. Blendy. It's a little bit sweet. Let me look what's blended here. Yeah, smell it with your mouth. I didn't right? see it. <laughs> I didn't see um, it. in there. Just says a California red, so it's probably all that Zinfandel. Wood. Smells like, yes, smells like some backwoods in here mixed in there. So. Dark cherries. There's, yeah, there's um, definitely cherries to it. A little it. vanilla. Actually, heavy vanilla. Yeah, it's almost got that rum feel to it. It's very smooth, very rounded out. Um, cool. Oh, she dry. She's a dry But one. still sweet. It's a very, it's it's a good balance of Ooh. sweet and dry. I love this wine. That's not oh, bad. She's dry. It's not that dry. No, it's not. It's it's dry on the front of the tongue and not tangy in the back. Like most dry wines are tangy on the back. It's very balanced. Mm-hmm. Very well balanced. Hmm. This is one of their Snoop best Aloo. wines. Snoop, Snoop and this, is, this is another. This is another Bring wine. Green like, Double O-P-D-O This bottle will cost you twelve, fifteen bucks. So another, another. You know, I'd rock it. Bargain buy. But yeah, good wine. So getting back to the gangster move, I want because. My dad showed me this scene from this movie before he had me watch this movie. So it's very pivotal yeah, for okay. me. Um, how about you break down what happens in that conversation between him and his dad? Like what his dad says and what he's got to say back. Um, well, his dad goes on to say, um, not that he doesn't trust him, but that this is the first time that he hasn't been able to trust him. Mm-hmm. Even though he's 37, he's very established uh, mm-hmm. professional professional doctor you know doctor yeah of medicine but um, never stepped a foot out of line you know he's he's been there um done that kind of stuff and he walked his thirty thousand miles um mm. before he retired to give him the time to put his face in the books instead mm-hmm. of buying his mom a new coat they say yeah it's all she wants is a fucking coat kind of thing mm-hmm. um, he's like no you don't know me i don't know you shit right you're my father i didn't ask to be brought in this world you mm-hmm. you had me so when you had me you were given that yeah uh, you know, birthright, or he's given that birthright. And mm-hmm. see, when I'm when I have a son, hopefully that he will have the same mm-hmm. thought processes and stuff. And it, I want to draw back to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Sidney Poitier's character, Doctor John Prentice, lost his wife and small son. I think eight years prior to meeting Joey. Yeah, I guess we never yes. talked about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge blow. You know, I mean, he's actually able to trust again, especially him going to Hawaii and meeting this woman, and only after ten days. Yeah. And being so you know, smart and cunning and, and, and just learned, you know, mm-hmm. having been through these situations before, it doesn't, it seems out of place for someone like that to make this flight flighty situation mm-hmm. happen after 10 days. Yes. I'm going to yeah. marry a 23 year old white woman. I met in Hawaii. Well, he, after he 10 says days it. and I'm 40, he I'm says it when he's talking to the maid. She's like, what yeah. do you think you're doing? He's like, well, I intended to find myself yeah. a wife. <laughs> right. You know, and I don't know if, if he tried to talk himself out of it a little bit, because he, he gave him the ultimatum right away. Like, if you don't say not, yes tonight, it's not going to happen. I respect you guys that much. Kind of. 
Well, okay. But he but, didn't well, respect the love of his wife enough. I feel like to. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pin in that one. Bold. I'm gonna put a pin in that one because okay. we can get to that in just a second. Sorry, I, know I was supposed to talk I about the round conversation. Out the dad. I'm sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my bad. No, it's all good. It's all good. So because that leads into the next the next bit there because we're kind of taking this movie backwards. We're kind of deconstructing it from back to front. So um, the conversation with his dad was very important culturally, but it's also important to my my own father because. It's that generation, that greatest generation, who are like, we worked our asses off for you, mm-hmm. so you owe us everything. And then it's the boomer generation when they, I mean, true boomers. We're talking about the people that, you know, from, pioneered the, the civil rights movement mm-hmm. and the women's right movement and the gay movement. You know, the people that were all about everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, getting everybody up to the level and, and being like, you know what, you owed me that i didn't ask to be born Mm -hmm. i didn't ask for any of this you owed me every fucking cent you gave me Mm -hmm. because that is your responsibility as a father it's and it's very indicative of like how older people versus young people say you're welcome yeah yeah older people say you're welcome (laughs) and we're like no worries or no problem Yeah. yeah because it's from our point of view it's like oh it's 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 no it's no uh it's no burden yeah for me and other people are like, you are welcome to my mm. service because yeah. I owe it to you. True. Like, no, no, no. I don't owe you anything. Yeah. It's courtesy. But look at what he's done, you know, mm-hmm. after that, after that. And his dad doesn't talk about that, which kind of pissed me off. I mean, th- there's many talks about him being in these magazines and this, that, and the other. He's kind mm-hmm. of a uh, popular dude. And he jokes well, no, about, yeah. jokes about with the, with her dad about uh, how he was able to do so much in such a short time. And he's like, yeah. I think uh, people are probably just afraid to call themselves racist. <laughs> and I thought that, that's a joke we were talking about in the beginning, yeah. you know? Yeah. But that was kind of was underlined. It was funny. But he, got um, where he, he says he thinks he got where he is partly because <laughs> people were afraid to be prejudiced right, against right, him. Right, right, right. And so it's he. So he, apparently he did a lot of work in Asia, and he's going mm-hmm. into Africa to basically basically. Yeah, he was like come yeah. out in medical school. school. He was yeah. he was a director of the World Health Organization. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, like this boy. This boy's fucking loaded. If it's today, no, I know, like, right? Yeah, yeah. But he's very well established. Um, and then that also carries back to what you were talking about with his parents. Like I said, we're going backwards here, but. Um, when he has that conversation movie, with, with works that Catherine way. Hepburn and and uh, B, no, the dad, Spencer, Spencer Tracy, Spence. yes, thank you, thank you, Matt. Mr. When he Drayton. has that conversation with them, I understand where you're coming from, but I think it's more that Sidney Poitier's character, John, knows the struggles they're going to be up against mm-hmm. as a mixed race For couple sure. in in the '60s. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows. He flat out says it. I don't need any new troubles. I don't need any new yeah. problems. And Spencer Tracy's like, when you say new problems, what do you mean? Oh, I love like, it. I love that how... is the whitest moment. Like I, he can't be talking well, you know about what? I me. I really like that they, they call each other Mister Doctor. Mm-hmm. They they stay true to like their respect level across the yeah. board in this movie. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was kind of a call out. You know, another thing that kind of caught my eye and like really kind of it was a weird part that kind of is underlining. He was more comfortable speaking to. A white man, the white father mm-hmm. of a woman that he's about to marry or trying to marry, than he was around his own father, a black man. Even on the telephone, he's like, he writes, he writes, mm-hmm. he writes, writes. So when his dad got there, he's shitting his pants. He mm-hmm. was more, uh, he was more bold, more yeah. abrupt, more, more himself. Loose, he's joking, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, with with the dad than he was with his own father. Because well, know, it's just there's there's a psychological reason for that. I mean, when we're around our parents. We revert back to our role as sons. That's true. You know, okay. when I was around my old man, but at thirty-seven, it doesn't go away, man. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you are. Like, granted, my, I'm speaking from speculation here. Yeah, I guess we all are. I mean, but I, I didn't like, grow up the same way or in the same period. You are so. you are a, a different person, and you play a different role in your family as a, as your father's son than you do as, you know, your father-in-law's son-in-law. In this case, you know, like it. John, the future son-in-law, holds authority and respect because of what he's accomplished. John, the son, holds nothing regardless of what he's accomplished yeah. because his father still sees him because as you dad wor- owe walked 30, me 000. respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seventy-five thousand. Yeah, seventy-five thousand. And I would walk That's why they wrote that song. I'm telling you. That's why they wrote that song. Nice. As a postal service. We've been working backwards to front a little bit in here, but I. That final 
that final speech when um 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 um, um what's his name uh, Mr. Drayton mm-hmm. um, was out. He's thinking for like a, what seemed like an eternity, just kind of getting his, sh- his shit together. And actually, mm-hmm. we didn't even talk about the his friend the Monsignor. We'll get back to that. <laughs> well, but, I mean, just real quick because we probably <laughs> should wrap up soon. But it's. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well, the Monsignor is my favorite character because he said he wants to wrestle this guy, and I loved it. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you're a piece of shit. He's, he's sitting sipping scotch the whole fucking time, inviting himself to dinner. And like yeah. the family's like, yeah. we don't even, we're not even, we don't hold a denominational ra- uh, religion mm-hmm. thing going on. And he's just, he's just an old friend, and he's just talking shit. I love this guy <laughs> so much. So anyway, that final scene where the dad, um, Mr. Drayton, finally mm-hmm. comes to a decision, and he's giving this huge speech. Yeah, I know Shasta doesn't like it, but that speech was so good. I just said I loved it. Bro. All right, well, I, 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 mean, I will so much more. It's, 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 it's the best speech since Bill Pullman. So, so Independence my, Day. My, <laughs> Independence Day. My favorite part about the speech, right? We talked about William Rose writing it, right? Mm-hmm. So Spencer or Matt Drayton talking to his wife Christina Drayton, mm-hmm. like if if they have even half of what we had, yeah, then. It's everything. Be okay. mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's everything. That is the best part and of the but, but he's like, was talking to her mm-hmm. as Spencer to Catherine. You know what I mean? He was talking yeah. as Spencer yeah. to Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, like, it's crazy. And she's, and she's putty. Yeah. Like, she's a, yeah. she's awesome. That's the movie, thing. That's the like, thing. Um, her eyes don't yeah, lie Joey, at all. Like Catherine, her, Catherine uh, Houghton said in this interview, she's like, that's her aunt. She's like, mm-hmm. I know her aunt. She's humiliating me on set. She's like, she can ham it up more than anybody. She can hit the yeah. waterworks and all these scenes. Yeah. And they cut to like 10 different scenes from all these movies, mm-hmm. all with scenes with mm-hmm. Spence. The yeah. nine movies they did together. She's hamming up in each one. Then they show this scene where she starts like really, really crying. crying. And he dies in two yeah. and a half weeks. She's you know well they're all, they're all, yeah, yeah. That's their last. That's their last fucking Yeah. yeah. So I guess yeah. that, that, maybe that added to the end, you know, and the whole. I'm the sure it did. Yeah. I'm sure it did. Because I mean. Was so yeah, I guess he was. It, and and yeah. we're talking about a, a time period where that would have been information that was privileged. Yeah. So not necessarily everybody on set would have known. So the people that were close to him would have had those emotional moments with him. So I'm sure you know yeah. Catherine knew, and you can see when the moment she starts to well up in yeah. that speech. Yeah. And you know I'm I'm gonna use this to to kind of pole vault into. What Greg wants to talk about Pulvo? here, he does. Pullman? He Sorry. does. He does address the the priest, the pastor, the yes. monsignor, um, the conciliary, <laughs> um, yes. a, a, other Italian words. Um, <laughs> and his name's, he, his he name's Callaway, him. and he just wants Callaway. to go golf. It's pretty. Yeah, funny. He, Sorry. he just he was a golf he, he cuts him off. Like he he doesn't let him drink while he's speaking. He's like, "You've had enough." Yeah, um, well, he's been sitting in the chair. I mean, he's been talking on the terrace and in the he's study. Like, he's just I'm sipping st- fucking scotch. My man's been drinking the last four scenes. That's pretty much all he wanted to do. He yeah. wanted to go golf, and all he wanted to do is drink scotch. Yeah. I laugh every time I I watch the scene where the priest is talking to John's parents because he pauses after he sa- he goes. Frankly, I'm stuffed. <laughs> and like to me that's him saying I'm drunk cuz he's holding his flask in that moment. <laughs> and then he's like I have nothing to say. It's like yeah cuz you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of engagements but I got nothing on this one. And then her dad starts talking she's like you better shut the fuck up too. Yeah. It's pretty much that whole This is the last time I'm going to get to tell you anything. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you now. So there's another Shut up. <laughs> yeah. This another may be the last chance I'll ever have to tell you to do anything. So I'm telling that's, you, that's, that's shut up. So who, who's, who's shutting up? <laughs> <laughs> I am, and I'm going to let you speak. I lost my train. Um, Don't worry, I want to talk one. about another aspect of this. So this movie is 67. Mm-hmm. Um, for a... They, they, they say that there was no sexual encounters between the two, even mm-hmm. after 10 days together in, in mm-hmm. Hawaii. Um, I think... Ten days, that means butt stuff, right? Right? I mean, a third date, you, you expect at least summer. But I guess she, she was like, yeah, I wanted it. He said no. Family but, show, folks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, family show. This was a family... No. no but family. That was... That was so a, what, I'm at, what I'm getting to is, is the kiss. There was no kissing. Yeah. So they, they spent so much time together, this, that, and the other. And like they've had a lot of time alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I expected there to be some kind of they they you know there's arm in arm kind of stuff there's yeah. they're, they're, he's holding her by the hips and stuff but that but whole, it's 67 it's like, yes we're used to yeah. nowadays you're used to nowadays where it's 20 was there was there an interracial kiss before this uh so I mean and even this we movie can wasn't even we a kiss. can argue like a cheek to cheek. There was a, that Lucy and Desi had an interracial kiss 
uh, before this, but in uh, a year after this film came out in 68, the first on-screen interracial kiss between a black person and a white person happened on, ironically, Star Trek. Now... Tell me uh, William is, Shatner very, got that. He did. <laughs> it was it was Captain Kirk and Uhara, Lieutenant Uhara, oh. his his oh. number his number three in command. Um, and it's it's convenient because we actually <laughs> have number uh, three. We actually have uh, Captain Kirk here today uh, to tell us about that kiss. But yeah, so this I'm is I'm more like, of a next gen guy. You know, so, just well, I mean just anybody who watches Star Trek is a next gen person. Yeah, me. Just, <laughs> Next gen, you know what? We'll have a conversation. Um, no, so it's 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 pivotal that this this comes a full year before that kiss, that on screen kiss, and they were still able to show so much intimacy in this film. And then, because I want to say this film came out in November, but I could be wrong. But I know the episode of Star Trek came out in November, so it's almost a, it's a full year or more hmm. before there there's that breaking of the glass and. I looked up some still shots. I didn't watch the scene from that like Star Trek kiss. <laughs> it was very involved. He's like got her wrapped yeah. around. She's like fully. It was a full Shatner kiss, and like it's it's some shit. It's I not just a, it's not to just kiss a little me. pick. Well, young Shatner. I'd shat pick. in my pants yeah. if he kissed me. <laughs> <laughs> you. Young Shatner. Young Welcome Shatty. to Josh's King Corner. Oh, it's a go. weird place to be. I know. We, you back, hear it every once in a while. Back again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were gonna get there with Catherine Hepburn because. Well, we can. I mean, talk she's about that. she's still got it in this movie. Is it because she's got a little bit of the the, the shakes? Well, I mean, we've. <laughs> we've Sorry, we've, I, I noticed we've, that a little bit. But. We've definitely <laughs> developed the fact that I I just like abuse, and Catherine Hepburn is an authoritative figure. So <laughs> she should tell me what you to remember. Do. You remember the uh, the car the car hop with the double boys and Barry? Or yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like I feel like a creep. Like I know she's like seventy now, <laughs> but doing doing like the cast research, like she did like movies for the next ten years. And yeah, she was a smoke show. <laughs> I'm not saying in this one because she was like whatever seventeen or whatever. Yeah, Say, like, right. She, like I said, she, she's good, she's good looking, good looking for seventy five. Yeah, she's yeah. Good for Why don't we do boysenberry drinks? <laughs> I'm, I'm lazy and bored. No, it's Oregon double fresh boysenberry. Yeah, Shit, he really and did he like missed, that. He girl. never gets the name of it right. Mm-hmm. Like. But that, I love that they scripted it that way. That's yeah. Go ahead. Then they pull out. Oh, sorry. No, they, they they. This is what I was talking about at the beginning, where they said I said the dialogue is almost too real. Yeah. He says the name of the ice cream three times and he never gets it right. Mm. And like that's one of the things that the car hop is just like annoyed by. It's like not only is he being just an old kind of grumpy old man, but he still can't get the name of it right. And she said it to him twice. Yeah. But the point of that scene is that like, Set up it's, for later. it's something that he thought he knew and then he didn't know. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. he's confused. And yeah. it's now, yeah. now he knows it's yeah. something he does. He's never had before. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, maybe I liked this. And it's yeah. like, this thing that I hated just because mm-hmm. it was a, a new a new uh, ice cream that wasn't what I, exactly what I wanted. I mm-hmm. hate it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. halfway through it, he's like, this is my favorite ice yeah. cream. Yeah. And then he, backs, kind of then he backs into somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so, he gets all pissed up. And I think that was a foreshadow, too, for Mrs. his conversation with Mrs. Prentice yeah. at the end. When, he's yeah. like, when she's like, what happens to old men? After they can't be sexual anymore, you forget about yeah. the passion that you once had. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, so I think it was kind of a for maybe a small to some degree. Maybe I'm kind of no, you're not. You're not reaching at all. Bit, but I'm not reaching at all. That's what I like about these movies is the mm-hmm. small subtleties. You know. So again, this is old school filmmaking. Mm-hmm. This is we weren't sure how to write this stuff yet because this is a new medium. Like, granted, film had been around for f- almost fifty years at that point, but good movies. Hadn't really been made yet. This is one of the first truly good movies. Yeah, man, I we got really Casablanca. Like we've got that. But, you know, this movie stands as a pillar not just for, you know, the cultural issues that it addresses, but as for film itself. Because the there's so many films that came before it that didn't know how to handle that kind of dialogue. And we've only got one, two, three moments in this movie that needed to be cut. Like if we were looking at it today, mm-hmm. the the scene with the maid's daughter where she's like dancing off dancing with the off delivery with boy, the delivery guy, that would be cut sure. today. Um, I thought that was kind of weird. I wanted to, I want to cut part. that scene and like gif it out and like loop it for like one of my <laughs> one of my beats and just have him fucking. Well then, that, then if you're gonna put the cut that one, you got to loop the one where he walks into the house and he's like, <laughs> "Who is that?" <laughs> Dorothy is a smoke show too. She's yeah, hot as right? shit, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. She's hot as shit. And I mean, we all know I like my coffee mixed with cream. Oh, jeez, <laughs> We were just not leaving Josh's King Corner. Right, we're done. <laughs> yes, no, we're so out of that scene. You're, you're turned off. <laughs> um, this the the last half, the part of the the, the last half of the uh, 
the ice cream shop where he backs into the car. That would have been cut today. Yeah. Um, and then uh, probably some of the conversation on the terrace between uh, John and... Uh, I think a lot of that would have been cut Joey. today, but I thought that was so important. I thought that was some it, of my was. favorite parts. It you know, was, but we would it cut it today. So much depth. Because in specifically the part of conversation I'm, I'm saying that they would cut is the part where she says, I was worried about my parents. They would have cut it after he responds. He's like, really? And she would have said yes, and they would have cut back to the parents. But instead, mm-hmm. we hold that shot. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, we take a new shot, and it's a, it's a wide shot of the two of them. And he's like, you're a phony. Yeah. You're a phony. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I think that, that gives that, that, that character... Mm-hmm. Build that they're, it they're, does, they're, but it's a style. Every, of, everybody's yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, it's a style of filmmaking we don't do anymore. But you know they were they uh, they comment through the whole movie like if you just take one look at them, yeah, you know you know they're happy, you know they yeah. love each other, you know. So that just added more mm-hmm. layers, you know. It add, does. added more depth to the characters, you know. I really appreciated that kind of stuff, and I'm glad that we don't film like that today. I mean, yeah. well, I'm not glad. I'm, I I I hold it to a higher standard. Then probably I should. Well, but I we really are, enjoyed it, this movie. it comes down to our attention span, really. True, true. We've only got so the reason that we have commercial breaks on TV every seven and a half minutes, or seven and a quarter minutes, is uh, our attention span only goes that far. Mm-hmm. So we need to we we can have three scenes, or sometimes just two. And you need and to get we'll a new cut, beer, and then yeah, right. <laughs> and More popcorn. Poor, poor, poor streaming people just <laughs> yeah, don't understand exactly. that 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 break. But um, so back then. When you went to see a show, you know, like movies were new relatively, but you know when you when you went to go see a play, you only got one intermission, mm-hmm. uh, two if it was a really long. Like mm-hmm. Billy Shakespeare happened to be a little, you know, Wind, he, he, he was long winded. <laughs> he he had what what we call in the in the business uh, diarrhea of the of the mouth. We'll say because he didn't really have a typewriter. But diarrhea of the typewriter. <laughs> Can't blame him. Um, <laughs> so like we, we would have one intermission, maybe two. And then with a with a orchestral performance, you don't get an intermission usually. Mm-hmm. You have maybe a break in between sonata pieces, like in, in between in sonata form. There's three parts, and there's sometimes an intermission. But anyway, we don't have that today. It's it's all fast paced, mm-hmm. and that changed in the '70s and the '80s with the introduction of of more action movies. Up to this point, we didn't have Bronson. We didn't have. Uh, I think we might have had the the Great Escape, but even that's a slow movie yeah, by today's yeah. standards. Okay. So this was the pinnacle of that form of filmmaking, and it's one of the things that makes it stand out. It's it's a late great, you know. We talk about like all the intense directing of mm-hmm. like the '90s and early 2000s that we've been covering, and that's like what keeps me on board with my intense yeah. ADD. But this movie is good for anybody, you know what I mean? <laughs> Real. It's good for it's good for a lot of people. I was. I'm a first timer to this movie. I, when I saw the, I I, I kind of looked it up and saw the reviews, and the reviews were. Outstanding, actually. Any more Vino boys? I'll take a little. Spot. I'll have someone we cut. Okay. Um, I still got like a whole. But no, I was blown away by the reaction from other people because usually, especially now, they they'll, they'll continue to rip this movie like any movie yeah. of older standard to shreds and, and just nitpick. This movie really doesn't have that, and it has that. You know, we talk a lot about Tarantino dialogue kind of stuff, and and it was up to par with maybe not obviously without the profanity and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, it, the, ban- no, the banter there, was great. Like the, I said, the whole the, the whole beginning and the end is like laid out for you in the mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. So all you have left yeah. is how good Growth. your writing is, how yeah. good your character yeah. development is, and like William Rose, like I think it's notable to say too, like he lived like. Like, he hated humans. Yeah. Like, he was the best to write about the human condition and, like, people's conflicts with themselves. Mm-hmm. And, well, he worked and, and with Kramer and a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was also dude who's, like, he he didn't live in the States. Yeah. Or they, they try to say, like, what the best... He's not the best writer of the U.S. or Europe because he, like, lived in an aisle. Right. Off of somewhere, like, bought a castle <laughs> and, like, lived by himself because he, like, hated people. He's a hermit. I'm saying, like... A lot of good writers calling are, Calling out, like, he's the human condition. Man. Yeah. Like, that gets you to ask questions. Like, mm-hmm. that changed people's minds. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you say this is a movie for the boomers. Like, in 67, the boomers, like, who were born in 1950, they're 17 years old at the mm-hmm. time. It's more for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Than it is... And it's just as much for the old dude because they got a dude like Spencer Tracy. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And the no, you're, scene, you're and spot the on. Scene, agreed, you're agreed, spot agreed, on. Yeah. I follow that for sure. I mean, we could we could we could honestly talk about this movie all night long, and I would love to. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to come back to this at some point. Okay. However, we should probably transition into our next uh, our next segment. Um, all right. Taco ratings. Now, before we Oof. get into it, um, I did. Uh, I'm very bad at my job, uh, <laughs> as we've all noticed. And I forgot to guys second get the, favorite bartender. Your, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just. Kidding. I'm your fifth favorite. 
film critic. You're my first favorite human. Behind Fozzie, Shasti, Roger, and Ebert. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> that was an accidental lineup, by the way. <laughs> um, See, so yeah, I forgot to get the Rotten Tomato score, but I do remember it being rather high uh, from some of the reviews that I I, I have in the looked 80s. up in the years. Somewhere in the eighties. Um, What's this? What's that? Cool. Tomato meter? Is that tomato what it is? No. Is that Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, I guess. That's... The the one with the green splat is usually the uh, the official score. Right, green splat. And then the popcorn we'll, is, we'll the, give is it the audience score. Yeah. Popcorn yeah, is so, 85. It's um, but obviously this movie is going to score rather high with us, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, as always, so. Fozman, give me your score. All right. I've been going over it for like the last five seconds. I've been <laughs> mulling it over. Um, you know, I kept walking away and kept coming back to this movie about seven times. And I was rewinding it mm-hmm. about 10 seconds prior to, to catch up and the movie flows really well um mm-hmm. like i said the dialogue is it's almost overly great um but i can't say take that away from it at 67 um the cast the lineup the i i fell in love with every character yeah on the screen every yeah. one of them um placement uh, you know i i gotta go high man i think i gotta give this one I'm going 88.5. Okay. 88.5 Tacos. I think I really like this movie. It's not up there on my all-time favorites, but I think it's a 100% watch for anyone. Mm, I agree. Um, I agree. And I will watch this again, and I will... I, we should re, we should we'll redo this because I could watch this movie five more times. Yeah, and I, I'm, well, I this you, I this opens up the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a few other Sydney Poitier movies that yeah. are like interracial at the same time. That one's like with a, a blind girl. Yeah, that's a white girl. There's another one. I mean, <laughs> there's Ghost Dad. Yeah. It's like Son of yeah. a Woman, but like flip. <laughs> Sorry, I love that. Oh, gosh. So great yeah. So Greg's got this at what eighty eight point five. Eighty eight point five tacos, tacos, tacos. Eighty eight bite. Salty. All right. Eighty-eight in salsa, uh, Josty. I'll raise you a half a point to solid eighty-nine. All right, all righty, That's good shit. It's eighty-nine. It's eighty-nine. And I'm starting to take it a little more seriously. So if you listen to a few of our previous episodes, if you heard our Mars Attacks one, nah. just just We're, throw that throw that rating aside. Show it to set. No, it, it stands. It stands because you rated it that way for reasons. From my boy Timmy. Yeah. Well, what are, toss me a couple of reasons for for your rating today. Um. It mainly is because of Spence, mm-hmm. and like we said, the dialogue coming into that with Rose mm-hmm. and Stanley being the director, and it's yeah. all like, it's all like, a, it was like a family set at mm-hmm. a very pivotal point, and an actor who we're kind of just like unscratching the surface of from yeah. a, a critical yeah. standpoint. Because we're yeah. a we're, few, we're young, but mm-hmm. that one being so like pivotal, mm-hmm. and how big of a role it played, and like I said, the insurance for Columbia yeah. to take it on. They didn't want to at mm-hmm. all. Like yeah. even even without him mm-hmm. being having cancer, but but um, just being the interracial, mm-hmm. yeah, problematic yeah. movie. Yeah. They didn't even want to take it, and it ended up being up until that point. Columbia didn't do any big movies. That yeah. was their biggest one. They made more money off of who's coming to dinner up yeah. to that point than they did any of their previous movies nice. combined. Yeah. Oh damn, I didn't. Know yeah. That. yeah, yeah, well, I didn't yeah. Know that at all. Well, yeah, it was like I mean, in that in that like That's thirty year span. Think about like the shit, budget. Yeah, the they budget were a black you're and white about? company. I'll Holy give them. A, I'll, get, I'll give an extra half yeah. point. We'll rock the same. We'll rock 89s. 89s across the board. Just All for right. that one. I mean, and so, also the, the it was so conversational. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was. That's it, not my. It's a they, play. Were, they were it's all a play. so loose. That's not my and, type of movie. But mm-hmm. every 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 conversation I like was waiting for the next word. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's it's so pivotal. It's so pivotal because people's point of view changes. Yeah, dude. I'm all I agree. about it. I'm all about it. I agree. I, I'm, I've raised a half a point. I can't believe it. <laughs> you raised a half a point. Oh, I'm gonna. Nice all right, I'll, I'll get my. I'll get my rating at the end of here because I absolutely agree with you, Shasti. Um, I think, you know, this this movie like, Hollywood is way more conservative than people believe. It always has been. Um, it, it's it's just conservatism makes money because that's what's safe and liberal concepts like this. Even though it seems like, you know, a black man marrying a white woman doesn't seem like a big deal today, 50 years later, 60 years later, it is. And especially at that time, where we're, we're four years out from, you know, the, the Civil Rights Act of 63. And on top of that, we've got some of the biggest titans in Hollywood history going back to the 30s. Um, 
This movie earns a 95 from me. Whoa. Yeah. Hot this damn. Is, this is one of the greatest films ever made. I will never bow down. Cool. Or back down from that. That's what um, I gave Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is up there it's with true, Die Hard. That was how this is. I was a little drunk. Had a little it's too okay. many okay. <laughs> No, this you is one of the best movies movie. ever made. And I had... So like I said, my dad really loved this movie. And part of the, the my rating is definitely nostalgia. However, my old man was born in 59. So I got a little bit of perspective from you know growing up in the 60s of him talking about this stuff. And at the same time, I haven't seen this movie in probably 10 years. And watching it again, I've watched... There are two movies that I have watched twice in order to do a review. One of them Scott Pilgrim, and it doesn't count. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Because I... We all know Scott Pilgrim. It has a special place in my heart. This movie is so good. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, this movie is so good. It deserved a second watch. I didn't even watch The Godfather I almost twice. Did it last yeah, yeah. Too. I was gonna. I I haven't mentioned that. You but can't watch The Godfather twice. You're gonna take up two <laughs> days. Take two days. <laughs> part, two days and six shits. Part of the reason of, with my high score too is the same thing. It's like we've done some of these movies. I watch once a year mm-hmm. annually. Some of them I yeah. watch more than that. Some of them it's like anytime it's yeah. on fucking Netflix or TV or whatever I watch it. Yeah. But this one, like I haven't gone back after we we've done a review. Mm-hmm. Even if it's Snatch, which I watch. Every three months. Yeah. 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 It's like, I don't want to watch a movie for a long time. This one is the first one where I, like, I'm going to go home and watch it tonight. Straight up. Yeah. I want to go home and watch it. It's a great fucking movie. It's amazing. First timer here. I'm I'm so, like, one of the things I love about doing this show. I thought I was going to, like, be halfway. Sorry. No, you're good. I'm I'm ecstatic about this film. I I think it's a great pick, Josh. Thanks for bringing this to my table, because this is, like... It's been under the radar for I think for probably a lot of people. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not everyone. I mean, our our folks and stuff. Well, but yeah, we're a little younger. I mean, we're in our. 30s. They remade it as a comedy, so obviously the people like yeah, people don't know what Kusher, it is. So, fuck so <laughs> one of the things I love about this movie is being able to bring movies like this to the. Or one of the things I love about this show is bringing movies like this to the table that you haven't seen yet. And this was probably the one I was the most excited about mm-hmm. because. As critics, this is the shit we live for. Yeah. We live for give me something to dig my teeth Substance. into and to yeah. love. Yes. Because we we talk about like Substance. I have a I have a, a place in my heart for shitty movies. I know. And, <laughs> and I bring is, a lot of this is not this is not one of them. <laughs> this movie stands alone as probably one of the top twenty five movies ever made. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're not proud. You're not wrong. It makes me think that my previous list of top twenty-five. It's like, okay, I need to like you know really go the, back to fundamentals. You know yeah. what I mean? That's and part the, of and like that's the cool part about yeah. it is we can ever be we we can change. We mm-hmm. can yeah. we can. It's uh, always can, a fluctuating list. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like what's your people ask like what's your favorite band? Uh, what day is it? Yeah. What hour is it? You know what I mean? Doesn't like, yeah. how, it doesn't matter what color that ice cream is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You get halfway through and be like, I I like this. Yeah. It may it may jump around in position as far as that top twenty-five. Exactly. Yeah. But and it's it's never going to be number one because there are just a couple of movies that mm. will never budge from that spot. However, yeah. this movie deserves not to just to be seen by everyone, mm. but to be seen multiple times and discussed by everyone. Yeah, absolutely, because not only does it have civil rights issues to talk about, it is it is a masterclass in how to make a film in four sets. You have the terrace, you have a car, you have the study, and you have the main the, the family room. They made a movie in four sets. Well, I count the car for that. Yeah, the airport is the fifth set. Five sets. They did this in like you would do a play. Yeah. And they made a masterclass in film with they had a couple of over the shoulder shots that are just impeccable. Mm-hmm. A lot of wide shots, a lot of a lot of super close, close. Facials. And I love the close face. They did the over the shoulder shot that's most memorable. Is what I was telling you was in my favorite scene when it's mm-hmm. on the terrace at night. Yeah, and, and it's when Drayton and uh, uh, Poitier, Poitier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when the two moms are talking, mm-hmm. and and it's like they they also use like the best lens at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean to get mm-hmm. the aperture shot where the one mom is in in focus and the other one's blurred out. <laughs> yeah, and then it switches and it's just like. You know what I mean? You switch, right? Those, when and people are... This is during the you development know, of it's just, those shots. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're talking about yeah. the aperture of it. That's a new fucking new science thing. for yeah, that absolutely. time. Absolutely. Like, it's depth of field you, you take for their it, lens. Yeah. That, that's something that, that like Hepburn would have seen the progression of. Mm-hmm. And suddenly she's in... Literally in one of the perfect shots for yeah. it. Yeah. You know, where they, they have the close-up focus and then they switch to the far focus. Mm-hmm. And... 
God, the camera work is fantastic, but it's not flashy. It's, you don't yeah, notice exactly. it. It's exactly. not flashy. You shouldn't yeah. notice good. F- yeah. You know. Again, we can talk okay. about this forever. Yeah, let's, let's you shouldn't <laughs> notice good. <camera laughs> we did talk. However, we did talk. However, <laughs> this movie deserves to be seen. Go watch it. Um, you can rent it on, as of this recording. You can rent it on Amazon, or you can come to my house. I have the DVD. Um, Josh's King said, Corner. That said, I do have some unfortunate news for those of you who have not bought my book yet. Uh, you're dead to me. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. <laughs> F in the chat. Boom! F in the chat, boys. F in the chat. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, uh, Zimble House Publishing is going under, and they are considering the possibility of being a uh, passive uh, publisher, which means you can still order it online, and it would still be print-to-order. Um, so, everyone who hasn't ordered it, please order it, because... They have a staff of wonderful people. I've worked with several of their editors. Um, I've worked with Evelyn for two years now, and they deserve some success. Um, so take a look at their catalog. There's a bunch of stuff out there that I'm sure you'll enjoy. That said, I wrote a book. He's not so forgetful anymore. <laughs> I wrote a book. Buy uh, the book. It's, <laughs> it's, it's called Reaper. Uh, it's the first in a series of potential series uh, of young adult fantasy novels called The Gatekeepers. You can find it on Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, anywhere online. You buy your books in hardcover, paperback, and ebook. Unfortunately, we will not be doing that audiobook this year. Uh, but if you search Reaper Josh Price, it should be one of the first things that pops up. The cover is Stonehenge with the moon with a crescent moon over the top of it. Please buy my book. Not for my, my sake, even though I do benefit from that, but because there are 14 people that... Are, are counting on you to buy my book. Buy my book. Um, <laughs> just buy the, buy the fucking buy book. book. Buy the fucking book. Um, In hardcover. You can, you can find me online on Twitter. The price is right, 312. On Instagram, forgetfulwider312. You guys know the, the spiel at this point. Um, check out our Patreon page if you'd like to support us financially. We definitely do benefit from that. We got a nice heater. Um, we've been able to get a little bit of a, a nicer equipment. We're looking at getting uh, some stuff in the next couple of months because of the patrons. We appreciate you. If you'd like to we join that you army, so much, you. you will get early access awesome. to all of our products. Um, that includes podcasts and videos. You will get direct access to, to contact us. And you'll get pilots to shows that we, we don't put out anywhere else. You get the, the unseen pilot to you know things like thesis statement. Mm. Um, and a couple of episodes you know here and there for pilots of this show, as well as... You know, exclu- Patreon exclusives that we make specifically for our patrons. Um, where am I going after this? I've had a little too to much yeah, I'm going to Greg. I think you're I'm done, dude. Yeah. Right. Have this. Uh, <laughs> Fosman here. Foscaster <laughs> on Twitter. I wanted to tell you about one more thing we're doing. Um, it's going to be called the Director's Cut. Actually, Director's Cut. We're really pumped about this one. We're going to talk about styles, tropes, manifestations of getting through your own life the whole the whole the whole gamut of, of some of your best and your favorite directors i think we're going to start off with a guy named uh james cameron for the who? first one who? i think oh, you guys who? will know him well by the end of what we're talking about <laughs> you will know him so check that out we're gonna we're, we're, we're you guys are gonna be able to like excited. step outside of the box like tonight 10 times it's like oh we will get into that <laughs> next time or we don't have enough time for that it's like there's so much mm-hmm. based on like the development of these movies yeah. where right. you guys are going to go crazy. And over the I'm course, excited. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. 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 We're actually so recording cool. our first episode next week. Yeah. So good plug there. Heck yeah. There we go. Love you. Um, have you started tweeting yet? Not really. You know, I'm still tweeting? there. You know, I'm still there. You know, the podcast. I don't know. Like, Twitter is like weird to me, man. After Donald Trump, like, find me on Facebook. Find me on Facebook. Find me. Blow me up. No, we don't give out his last name. Remember? No, that's right. I'm the untouchable. The you can find him on our I, I, Facebook been, page. I've been censored. Right. That's true. That's true. So that, that you so can find Greg. If, if you, Honestly, <laughs> if you want to get older, Greg, and tell him anything. <laughs> hop on the Facebook page. Be like, yo. Yeah, if you go to our Facebook page, the person you're probably talking to is Greg. Now that yeah, I think about yeah. it, Shasti's right. Speaking of mm. master of the mix, king of the keyboard. The mix. Uh, yeah, Twitter. I guess Shasti got bands. <laughs> you know, IG. Same. Same. He got that beautiful though. Insta. That boy takes. Photos, yeah, not photos. pictures. Photos on the daily. So, <laughs> so follow me there. And he and he cooks up some good food and shit too, bro. I'll be in the car with this guy, and he'll just be driving around the road like I need to come back here and take pictures of that. Like, <laughs> you what? See, hey, you see that tree out there in the middle of that that cornfield? <laughs> hey, you see this camera <laughs> That's behind exactly me? Exactly what it was. Hey, you see this camera behind me? We might as well put it to fucking use. <laughs> That's true. Um, once again, um, 
we'd like to thank uh, 19 Crimes for allowing us to buy your product. Seaglass, thank you for allowing us to buy your product. We use Paluso mics. Uh, they're fantastic. As you can see, they make us sound way better than we really are. Mm, yeah. <laughs> check out the check out the YouTube channel. Check out the Patreon. Uh, we see you. We hear you. We love you. And we'd like to say goodbye. I'll add something right now. Camera's still on me? Okay. No, no, just let, let it run. I'll put on like the logo or whatever. You know what I mean? Let's click the outro. No, it's fine. It can be the end of the episode. Yeah.